0: CHAPTER THREE OF HOW MR. RABBIT LOST HIS Tail. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY DAVID GORE WHEN MR. COON WAS A LITTLE BOY MR. COON TELLS HOW HE CAME NEAR BEING A PART OF A MENagerie AND HOW HE ONCE TOLD A STORY TO MR. DOG YOU can TELL ABOUT MR. COON NOW THE STORY YOU DIDN'T TELL LAST NIGHT, YOU KNOW and the little lady wriggles herself into a comfortable corner just below the storyteller's smoke and looks deep into a great cavern of glowing embers between the big old andirons where in her fancy she can picture the hollow tree people and their friends why yes let me see said the storyteller mr dog had just told about being at the menagerie you know and Mr. Coon was just going to tell how he came very near getting into a menagerie himself. Oh, yes, of course. Well, then, all the hollow tree people, the Coon and the Possum and the old Black Crow and their friends who were visiting them, Mr. Dog and Mr. Robin and Jack Rabbit and Mr. Turtle and Mr. Squirrel, knocked the ashes out of their pipes and filled them up fresh no they had just done that that's so i forgot well anyway as soon as they got to smoking and settled back around the fire again mr coon told them his story and i guess we'll call it mr coon's early adventure mr coon said he was quite young when it happened and was taking a pleasant walk one evening to think things over a little and perhaps to pick out a handy tree where mr man's chickens roosted when all at once he heard a fierce bark close behind him and he barely had time to get up a tree himself when a strange and very noisy mr dog was leaping about at the foot of the tree making a great fuss AND CALLING EVERY MOMENT FOR MR. MAN TO HURRY, FOR HE HAD A YOUNG COON TREED. OF COURSE I LAID PRETTY LOW WHEN I HEARD THAT, MR. COON SAID, FOR I KNEW THAT MR. MAN WOULD MOST LIKELY HAVE A GUN, SO I GOT INTO A BUNCH OF LEAVES AND BRUSH THAT MUST HAVE BEEN SOME KIND OF AN OLD NEST, AND SCROOCHED DOWN SO THAT NONE OF ME WOULD SHOW. Then by and by I heard some big creature come running through the brush, and I peeked over a little, and there, sure enough, was Mr. Man with a long gun, and I noticed that he wore a thing on his head, a sort of hat, I suppose, made of what looked to be the skin of some relative of mine. Of course, that made me mad." I hadn't cared so much until I saw that. But I said right then to myself that any one who would do such a thing as that never could be a friend of mine, no matter how much he tried. So I scrooched down and laid low in that old nest, and didn't move or let on in any way that I was there. Then I heard Mr. Man walking around the tree and talking to his dog and telling him that there wasn't anything up in that tree at all, and that Mr. Dog had just been fooling him. I could tell by his voice that he was getting mad at Mr. Dog, and I hoped that he'd get mad enough pretty soon to take a stick to him for chasing me up a tree like that. "'calling all the time for Mr. Man to come and see me "'when there really wasn't anything to look at. "'But Mr. Dog kept galloping around the tree "'and barking out over and over that I was there, "'that he had seen me, "'and that he knew I was hiding up there somewhere. "'And pretty soon I heard Mr. Man going away, "'and I peeked over again.' Sure enough, he was going, but Mr. Dog was staying right there, sitting under the tree and looking up, and making a good deal more noise than there was any need of to let me know he hadn't gone. I didn't see why he stayed there. I wished he'd go away and tend to his own business. Being quite young, I still lived with my folks over near the wide grasslands, and I wanted to get home for supper. It was a good way to go, for the tree I had climbed was over close to the edge of the world where the sun and moon rise, and you all know that's a good way even from here. Well, he didn't go, but just sat there, barking up that tree, and after a long time I heard somebody coming again, and I peeked over, and there was Mr. Man, hurrying back, this time with an axe. I knew right then there was going to be trouble. I knew they were going to cut that tree down, and I should most likely have quite a fuss with Mr. Dog, and perhaps go home with a black eye and a scratched nose, and then get whipped again for fighting after I got there mr coon stopped and knocked the ashes out of his pipe and filled it up fresh and all the others knocked the ashes out of their pipes and filled them up fresh too then mr possum poked up the fire and told mr turtle to bring a stick of wood from downstairs and when it was blazing up high and bright again they all stepped over to the window a minute to see how hard it was snowing and banking up outside then went back to their chairs around the fire and stretched out their feet and leaned back and smoked and listened to the rest of mr coon's story mr coon said he didn't like the sound of that axe when mr man began to cut the tree down every time he struck the tree i could feel it all through me he said and i knew if he kept that noise up long enough "'it would give me a nervous headache. "'I wished the tree would hurry up and drop "'so we could have what muss we were going to "'and get it over with. "'I'd have got out of that old nest "'and made a jump for another tree "'if there had been any near enough, "'but there wasn't, "'so I just laid low and gritted my teeth "'and let him chop. "'Well, by and by, the tree began to go down, it seemed to teeter a little at first, this way and that, then it went very slow in one direction, then it went a little faster, then it went a good deal faster. Then I suddenly felt like a shooting star, I came down so fast, and there was a big crash, and I thought I had turned into a lot of stars, sure enough, and was shooting in every direction and the next I knew I was tied to a tree, hand and foot, and around the middle, and Mr. Man and Mr. Dog were sitting and looking at me, and grinning, and talking about what they were going to do. Mr. Man wasn't scolding Mr. Dog any more. He was telling him what a good thing it was they had caught me alive for now they could sell me to a show and get a great deal more for me than they could for my skin. I didn't know what a show was then or about menageries, but I know now, and I can see just what they meant. Pretty soon Mr. Man told Mr. Dog to stay there and watch me while he went home after a box to put me in. He said he didn't think it would be safe to carry me in his arms, and he was right about that. So then Mr. Man walked off and left Mr. Dog guarding me and saying unpleasant things to me now and then. At first I wouldn't answer him, but pretty soon I happened to think of something pleasant to say. Mr. Dog, I said, I know a good story. If you'd like me to tell it, Mr. Man may be a good while getting that box, and maybe you'd like to hear something to pass the time. Mr. Dog said he would. He said that Mr. Man would most likely have to make the box, and he didn't suppose he knew where the hammer and nails were, and it might be dark before Mr. Man got back. I felt a good deal better when I heard Mr. Dog say that and I told him a story I knew about how Mr. Rabbit lost his tail, and Mr. Dog laughed and seemed to like it, and said, tell me another. Before Mr. Coon could go on with his story, Mr. Rabbit said that of course if that old tale had helped Mr. Coon out of trouble, he was very glad, but that it wasn't at all true, and that sometime he would tell them the true story of how it happened. Then they all said they hoped he would, for they'd always wanted to hear that story told right, and then Mr. Coon went on with his adventure. Mr. Coon said that when Mr. Dog said, Tell me another, he knew he was in a good humor, and that he felt better and better himself. I thought if Mr. Man didn't come back too soon, he said, I might get along pretty well with Mr. Dog. "'I know another story, Mr. Dog,' I said. "'The funniest story there is. "'It would make you laugh until you fell over the edge of the world, "'but I can't tell it here.' "'Why?' he said. "'Why can't you tell it here as well as anywhere?' "'Because it has to be acted,' I said, "'and my hands are tied.' "'Will you tell it if I untie your hands?' said Mr. Dog." "'Well,' I said, "'I'll begin it, and you can see how it goes.' So Mr. Dog came over and untied my hands, for he said he could tie them again before Mr. Man came back, because he knew Mr. Man hadn't found that hammer yet. "'You can't get loose with just your hands untied, can you?' he said. "'No, of course not, Mr. Dog,' I said pleasant, and polite as could be. "'Let's see you try,' said Mr. Dog. So I twisted and pulled, and of course I couldn't get loose. "'Now tell the story,' said Mr. Dog. So I said, once there was a man who had a very bad pain in his chest, and he took all kinds of medicine, and it didn't do him any good. AND ONE DAY THE OLD WISE MAN OF THE WOODS TOLD HIM IF HE WOULD RUB HIS CHEST WITH ONE HAND AND PAT HIS HEAD WITH THE OTHER, IT MIGHT DRAW THE PAIN OUT OF THE TOP AND CURE HIM. SO THE MAN WITH THE PAIN IN HIS CHEST TRIED IT, AND HE DID IT THIS WAY. THEN I SHOWED MR. DOG JUST HOW HE DID IT, AND MR. DOG THOUGHT THAT WAS FUNNY AND LAUGHED A GOOD DEAL. "'Go on and tell the rest of it,' he said. "'What happened after that?' But I let on as if I'd just remembered something, and I said, "'Oh, Mr. Dog, I'm so sorry, but I can't tell the rest of that story here, "'and it's the funniest part, too. "'I know you'd laugh till you rolled over the edge of the world. "'Why can't you tell the rest of that story here as well as anywhere?' said mr dog looking anxious because it has to be acted with the feet i said and my feet are tied will you tell it if i untie your feet said mr dog well i'll do the best i can i said so mr dog came over and untied my feet he said he knew that Mr. Man hadn't found the nails or the pieces to make the box yet, and there would be plenty of time to tie me again before Mr. Man got back. "'You can't get loose, anyway, with just your hands and feet untied, can you?' he said. "'No, of course not, Mr. Dog,' I said, more pleasant and polite than ever. "'Let's see you try.' said Mr. Dog. So I squirmed and twisted, but of course with a strong string around my waist and tied behind, I couldn't do anything. Now go on with the story, said Mr. Dog. Well, I said, the pain left his chest, but it went into his back, and he had a most terrible time, until one day the old wise man of the woods came along and told him that he thought he ought to know enough by this time to rub his back where the pain was and pat his head at the same time to draw it out at the top so then the man with the pain rubbed his back and patted his head this way and i showed mr dog how he did it and i rubbed a good while about where the knot was and made a face to show how the man with the pain looked. And then I said the pain came back into his chest again, instead of being drawn out at the top. And I changed about and rubbed there a while. And then I went around to my back again, chasing that pain first one side and then the other. And then I said that the old wise man of the woods came along one day, AND TOLD HIM THAT HE MUST KICK WITH HIS FEET, TOO, IF HE EVER WANTED TO GET RID OF THAT PAIN, BECAUSE, AFTER ALL, IT MIGHT HAVE TO BE KICKED OUT AT THE BOTTOM, AND WHEN I BEGAN TO KICK AND DANCE WITH BOTH FEET AND TO RUB WITH MY HANDS AT THE SAME TIME, MR. DOG GAVE A GREAT BIG LAUGH, THE BIGGEST LAUGH I EVER HEARD ANYBODY GIVE and fell right down and rolled over and over and did roll off the edge of the world sure enough i heard him go clattering into a lot of brush and blackberry bushes that are down there and just then i got that back knot untied and i stepped over and looked down at mr dog who had lodged in a briar patch on a shelf about ten feet below the edge where Mr. Man would have to get him up with a ladder or a rope. "'Do you want to hear the rest of the story, Mr. Dog?' I said. "'I'll story you,' he said, when I catch you. "'I told you you'd laugh until you fell off the edge of the world,' I said. "'I'll make you laugh,' he said, when I catch you.' then I saw he was cross about something, and I set out for home without waiting to say good-bye to Mr. Man, for I didn't want to waste any more time, though I missed my supper and got a scolding besides. But I was glad I didn't bring home a black eye and scratched nose, and I'm more glad than ever now that Mr. Man didn't get back in time with that box or I might be in a menagerie this minute instead of sitting here smoking and telling stories and having a good time on Christmas Day. The storyteller looks down at the little lady. I'm glad Mr. Coon didn't get into the menagerie, aren't you? she says. Very glad, said the storyteller he went lickety-split home didn't he he did that i like them to go lickety-split better than lickety-cut don't you says the little lady they seem to go so much faster ever so much faster says the storyteller end of chapter 3 recording by david gore